Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda. And I'm Pastor Seth. You're listening to Growing Hope. Living Faith. We are so glad that you're joining us today. And um, today is February the 2nd. No. Oh, yeah, it is. It we're is. recording on the 1st. Uh, I thought, wait, first. did I miss something? Because my daughter's birthday is the 1st. Happy first birthday yes, to you. To Allie. That's Allie. And you have another one, yes. which happens to be a listener. Yes. Jordan Bright is, is on the 2nd. Yes. So um, happy birthday. Both of my girls are precious. Mm. I love them. And they are smart. They're sweet. They're beautiful. So happy birthday to both my girls here. Happy birthday. And thanks for listening and giving us feedback on our podcast and on some of the things that we do on our podcast has been some feedback from Miss Jordan. And so we definitely appreciate that uh, on a very, very deep level and happy birthday. Uh, What do you know what the month of February is? I'm actually going to throw this at you because I told you this (laughs) earlier. Um, I know you like to do this, um, but it's actually bike to work month. Bike to work? Yeah. Could you oh, ever? I know you like to bike. I, I know you haven't been biking. able to do it as much as you want to, but would you ever consider biking to work for any period of time? Um, No. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because um, I don't want to smell. <laughs> here. There's a lot of hills between mm. my house and work, but I do love to bike. Oh my goodness. If I could, I would. Right. Right, do you think you'll be back at it anytime soon? I'm I'm praying. I really hope so because that was the one exercise that I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, I like it because you know you get on the bike. We like to go to the river park. Mm-hmm. That's in Chattanooga. If, you, if you're listening, you don't and you don't know where that is. Uh, we have a beautiful river park area, and we love to ride because you can see the beauty of the river and yeah. the, the trees. And I don't know, is the wind blowing in yeah. my face? I like to go too fast, (laughs) but yeah, I'm just dying to get back out. Yeah. You've been having some issues with your wrist and stuff. So that's kind of kept you from being able to bike. Yeah. My elbow. I've had some, um, tennis elbow and I don't play tennis, but Mm. some tendonitis and it's been better for the last couple of weeks, but man, I'm just hoping and praying that I can get back on my bike. Well, hopefully really, really, really soon. So, um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in last week. Uh, it was such an awesome opportunity for us to be able to interview uh-huh. Jacoby and uh, uh, Pastor Reverend goodness. Jacoby. And uh, we, we didn't really say thank you at the end of that to Pastor Jacoby. And so we just wanted to offer that thanks uh, for stopping in and enlightening us all, allowing us to be able to listen. Uh, man, what a, what a great opportunity that was. I was speechless. Mm. And I've listened to it a few times since then. Mm. And I'm still speechless. Mm. I mean, it it was so good. Yes. And I also thought, too, about how I love the Church of the Nazarene. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, you're not a Nazarene. We love you. Yes. you know? But we are Nazarene, and I love the Church of the Nazarene because we are a diverse denomination, right. and we have you know, churches all over the world. Sure. And so when you get churches all over the world, we're different colors. We mm-hmm. have different cultures, different backgrounds. And um, so just... I feel like just by having the podcast that we did last week, I feel like we're kind of falling in the line what the denomination wants us to do. Um, I just, I'm weird like this. I like the manual. (laughs) I read our manual, but. um, If you're not Nazarene, we do have a manual that we follow as the Church of the Nazarene. And so. It's like our second Bible. Yes. But it says, we urge our churches everywhere to continue and strengthen programs of education to promote racial understanding and harmony. Mm. And then also it says, we call upon Nazarenes everywhere to identify and seek to remove 
to remove acts of structures of prejudice and to facilitate occasions for seeking forgiveness and reconciliation and to take action toward empowering those who have been marginalized. And that is manual 903.2. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go, bam. bam, that's right. bam. <laughs> but absolutely our manual is, mm. you know, the Church of the Nazarene, even our board of superintendents, our general board, you know, it's diverse. And I love that because everyone needs a voice, you know. That's right. And you know, we would encourage you to keep on processing. Um, mm-hmm. We're not going to try to add or take away from anything that Jacoby said. And that was really our goal at the end of the last episode was just to let his response and his talking kind of be that and um but uh, we would encourage you to just keep processing to keep digging um and allow your brain and your thought and your heart i guess um to continue to be challenged um not just to leave it in the podcast um but to take it and say well what are some actions maybe that i can learn or grow from that jesus can help me that as we are living life that we can approach some of these situations a little bit different. Um, and I think that that's, that's what we want for you guys. Right. It's awesome that we had Pastor Jacoby on. But if, if the podcast stays there and we do nothing with it, then, man, was it, was it good? I, right. I mean, it was great. You know, it was, it was really helpful, hopefully for us. But um, you want, want you to take it and apply it. I don't know if right. that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, with knowledge comes responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like I learned some things and mm-hmm. now I need to be responsible to follow through right, right. and to make some changes and yeah, be open. Yeah. And that takes accountability and it takes working together, realizing, Hey, we're not alone. Um, we have others who are on this journey with us who can hopefully challenge us and push us, um, that we can converse with and say, man, this happened. Like, what should be our response and right. being open and honest about those things. Right. Um, and realizing, like I said, that you're not alone. Right. And again, I think, not to get too heavy into this because this is a deep, deep, deep topic, but just what we saw in the news this mm, week yeah. with Tyree, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, we, we have problems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are deep systematic problems mm. and, um, yeah, that's just a whole episode all yeah. of its own. Maybe sure. we need to do soon, right? but, but yeah, I mean, we need to open our eyes. And I love that he talked about his own, his own spiritual blindness mm-hmm. and, or not spiritual, but uh, prejudice blindness, yeah. you know, the things that, you know, he's blind to, and we all have it. Sure. Absolutely. We got to be honest and have mm-hmm. a lot of humility uh, as we enter into that conversation. Yeah. And like I said, it does take a lot of listening and that's what we yeah, wanted to practice. And I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity to listen and hopefully you took it as a great opportunity to be able to listen um, and hopefully you learned and you grew. Um, yeah. Not because of who we are or what we said or what even Pastor Jacoby said. It's because uh, the spirit hopefully moved within you last yeah. week and um, nothing more could be greater. Uh, but I'm excited yeah. about this week as well. Yeah. We have some awesome passages. You're going to have to excuse me. So um, I was, I had strep throat on Monday <laughs> and um, my throat and everything is, is still kind of recovering. I'm not contagious, so Pastor Rhonda is not mm-hmm. in danger. I've never had strep, <laughs> never. Of having to get strep, but um, it, it is affecting my speech a little bit, probably sound a little bit different today, um, and so uh, I do apologize for that, um, but I just, I would just ask that you would bear with us a little bit on that, but I am excited about today. Uh, man, the passages that we're going to be looking at are just... Um, Great. Oh, Incredible. <laughs> 
I was, I was just reading through them and I was like, Oh, so, so good. And, um, and it just keeps falling in line with what we've been talking about from the beginning. Yes. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about lectionary on a deep level is that there's a flow, there's a movement to it. And, um, it's, it's a really, really great way, um, to approach scripture and to approach scripture through the year. It's really, really cool. And so, um, so yeah, so today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 58, quite a few verses in that. And I believe Pastor Rhonda is going to read that for us. I like the heading. It says false and true worship. I'm a worship pastor. Mm, So I see the word worship and I take notice right away. Um, But I'm reading um, from Isaiah 58. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast but you do not see? Why humble ourselves but you do not notice? Look. You serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) To undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicators shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in the parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be you shall be recalled the repair of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight in the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it and not going your own way, serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you right upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Mm. That's good stuff right there. Oh my goodness. There's so much. Oh, mm. There's just so much. Man, such a powerful, <laughs> oh my powerful word. passage. And, you know, we, we've been talking about this passage already a little bit. Um, you know, this was a people that were in exile and they had been struggling with exile for a really, really long time. And there was this longing and there was this desire 
uh, to get back to the land that God promised them to be the people of God where God had promised uh, that God had promised them. And, and so there's the struggle. And so they would often really be trying to do these things. They wanted to make sure they were doing what they needed to do um, to try to get back. And so you know, I think this passage speaks heavily to why the people went into exile, but then also this is a direct correlation to how do we get out of exile? Right. And I like the very first mm. is so important because, um, God's telling Isaiah, the prophet here, he's saying, shout out, do not hold back. In Mm -hmm. other words, speak up, speak loudly, speak clearly, and tell them of what their rebellion is. And it's basically this worship is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, he's shouting that so they get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe more than anything, what the church needs right now is some Isaiah's to step up. Right, (laughs) Um, right. Because I read this passage and it makes me a little bit nervous for us, yeah. honestly. It really, really does. Yeah, especially I see this. I and mean, There's so many things that are just jumping off of the page. Mm-hmm. But verse 2, day after day, they seek me. And they delight, you know, day after day. We come to church week uh, after week yeah, after yeah. week, year after year. But this is, you know, not a one-time thing. Right. This is like their habit. Right, this right. is their lifestyle here. Right. These are their practices. These are the yes, things. Yes, it that even they, says that. Right, right. Um, you know, they try to practice righteousness. Um they ask for more righteous judgments, you know, and so it's it's not that they're doing bad things, right? Um, but it's the way that they are going about doing the things that they're doing um, that essentially God doesn't really, I guess, get on board with. And so we see yeah. some rhetorical questions and things, and um, right. that's, it's, I think you better listen when God asks rhetorical questions. <laughs> um, so why do we fast but do not see? You do not see. Why humble yourselves or ourselves mm-hmm. but do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and impress yeah. all your workers. Calls them out right there. Yeah. You know, you're seeking your own interest. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think to me that's um, that, that's easy to do. And it's so easy for us in the day and age that we live in. Uh, we live in such a consumeristic society. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy because uh, consumerism is all about me. Right. I want to make sure that I get what I want. Um, and it's so easy for that to, to begin to creep into the church oh, yeah. if we're not really, really careful. Church becomes not a place that I uh, come together with the body of Christ right. to be able to worship, but it's how is this church serving my needs? And you know what? If this church yep. isn't serving my needs the way that I think my needs should be fit, then you know what? I don't, I'll go find, I'll go to the next right. church down the road and, um, or I'll go to the other Nazarene church. Um, and, and that's, that has so crept into the church on such a deep level, this right. consumeristic um, mentality yeah. and it's not healthy and it's not Jesus and it's not the right. way of the church and it's not the way that we're called to live. I mean, right. music, carpet color, colors on the wall, right. pews, chairs, you name it. I mean, there are so many things that, that, that ways that that has crept in. Absolutely. And when that happens, God's very specific. He says, such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of goes against our theology because we always say God always hears. He always listens. Doesn't mean that he can't physically hear. Right. But he's like, he's not interested. You're not in getting it. anywhere with me with that. <laughs> he's just not interested. Because he in sees that. through it. He sees the, you know, taking a, personal advantages, taking mm-hmm. the opportunities to, to, you know, for your own advantage. And that's just not acceptable. Yeah. Well, and it causes discord in the church on right. such a deep level, you know, right. like when everyone is looking for the out for their own interests, the church can't be what the church is supposed to be because there's discourse. There's things that are holding us up. There's things that aren't allowing us to be free in the spirit. And, and it's, if we're not careful, um, 
once again, the church ceases to be the church right. when we're not in unity, when we're not in accord. Like I said, not that we all have to be uniform, but when we don't have that unity, which once again, this goes to everything that we've been talking about <laughs> exactly. on such I a deep level. I feel like we're on repeat. I know. It's the same thing. You know, then he goes into what kind of worship is acceptable. Right. Well, here we go again. How many times have we heard this? You know, loose the bonds of injustice, mm-hmm. undo the thongs of the yoke, let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke, share your bread with the hungry. You know, here we go. And, yeah. and it's like, we can't get away from that because no. the gospel is just not about ourselves. I mean, you know, we hear it so much that, you know, we need to forsake our sin mm-hmm. and pray this prayer and receive Jesus into our life, into our heart, and um, we're going to go to heaven someday. Read your Bible and pray, yeah. and then you're going to be good. But it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that, but so much more. It's like we say, open invitation where we choose to live like Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we choose to follow him, and following him is about his glory and about the well-being of other people. Love God, love others. I mean, it is everywhere. It is, you just don't see this, you know, make a personal decision and um, make it this personal relationship only. Right. It's like, I don't know. It just seems like for the last year, I, I don't know. God keeps showing me this over and over and over that, it is about others. That right. is the gospel because it's not good enough that it's for me. It's got to be for you too. That's right. 100%. <sighs> it, it, it calls us to action. And, right. um, and and action is so much more than just a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night thing. It's 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 a it's a lifestyle. It's a way. That, that's why the first disciples, they called, it was, they were originally called the way. That it mm-hmm. was it was a way. It wasn't. It, it was it was a movement. It was it was right. a journey, um, and, and the kingdom really does seem to care about how we treat other people on a very deep level. Right. The kingdom cares about how we view people on mm-hmm. a different level. Um, we we aren't called to oppress people to um, put people down. We're not called to elevate ourselves right. at the expense of other people. They're the right. kingdom. We are all on the same level playing field. And that's so beautiful to mm-hmm. me that the salvation is about equality. Mm-hmm. It is about, so everybody gets to experience this Jesus, you know, it's like, we want everybody to, everybody deserves to know him mm-hmm. and to love him. It's so cool. That's right. But it, it takes a lot of humility and it takes yep. a lot of, um, ability to lower, like you said, to lower yourself. That's not easy. Um, that's why Jesus says things like, Hey, take up your cross. Like if you're going to take up your cross and follow after Jesus, you have to have the ultimate humility. You know, like there's, there's no way that you can pick up a cross and be prideful because there's no pride in the cross. But you know what is so interesting to me? It's not like you give up your pride and you do these sacrificial acts because it still comes back to you because it says here that, you know, here are the benefits to that. If you do these things then it says the Lord's going to guide you continually, Mm -hmm. he's going to satisfy your needs in the parched places and make your bones strong. You're Mm going to be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. So it's not like you're, you don't do it for those reasons, Mm -hmm. but when you do those things, God's taking care yep. of you, yep. and there's something about that heart, you know, where you feel fulfilled when you mm-hmm. see someone else that you've helped, you know, that you have fed or that you've given a drink or you've done these things. I don't know. It does 
quench the the parched places in your own heart. And we've been talking about this. I've been teaching ladies Bible study mm-hmm. about healing and how our healing is so related into this idea of otherness. Yeah. If we just sit there and look at our own broken heart, we're going to just waste away. Right. But when we take our eyes off of our own brokenness and we start mm-hmm. serving others and we start doing these things, before we know it, our heart is feeling this healing. That's Isn't right. that amazing? It's so awesome. There are so many cool promises in this that... I, I think we should not, we can't overlook. Um, like right. you said, that's such a beautiful, beautiful promise. Um, I love verse eight and nine it says, you know, then your light or it is, well, let's start with verse seven it says this, is it not to share your bread with hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house to seek the naked to cover them, not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then it says this, then your light shall break forth like dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then mm. 58.9 is beautiful. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help wow. and he will say, you know what? Here I, I am. am. And so there's this mentality mm. that as we begin to truly lower ourselves and truly begin to see people equally and truly begin to try to make a difference in the lives of those people who are suffering. If you really, really want to know where God is at, Mm. it's in the midst of the lives (laughs) of the people who are suffering. And so if, if we, as a church, if we have a, as a people, we really want to begin to see God in a different way maybe what we need to do is to lower ourselves and to begin to feed the hungry. Give ourselves away. Yep. hundred percent. Clothe the naked. Give water to people who need water (laughs) to bring the homeless and the poor into our houses. And, um, maybe, maybe then we'll see God in a totally, totally different way. And how you do that is, is you got to move that yoke. You got to quit pointing the finger. You got to quit talking this evil. You know, we've got to do these things, man. This is just, oh, this is so good. Cause like you said, the Lord will guide us and everything that we've desired will be built back up. And that's verse 12. Your ancient ruins are going to be built back up. You're going to rise. The foundations of many generations, you shall be repaired. Oh man, Mm. restored. Oh, and you know, on the streets, live like it's just so many great promises but it's backwards from how the world operates that is on such a deep level and, and that's how the church operates so, uh, yeah <laughs> lord help us yeah and i'm just talking big c yeah, yeah, you know yeah, everywhere yeah. you know i'm a little i don't know worried i guess when i say because i want people yeah, yeah, think yeah, i'm yeah. talking about here it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's everywhere we are we do serve our own interests yeah. you know yeah, and that, oh. and it's the political game has crept into the church. Mm-hmm. There's politics and everything, unfortunately, right. and um, and that's 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 really sad right. that politics has crept into the church. Right. But it's true because it really has, um, and it's 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 all about power. And Jesus says, you know what? If you really really want to have power, what you got to do is you got to lay it down, and you got to yep. take up your cross, and you got to follow after me. Right. And um, it's not popular. It's not right. the way of the world. And it's, it's easier sometimes to live the way of the world than the way of Jesus. Right. We just can't get around it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cross is all about following him. But, 
you know, Jesus says, you've got two jobs, love me, love others. We exist for the glory of God and the well-being of other people. Mm -hmm. We're not in that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you notice that we're just not in that picture, we're not. And then this passage, I think, echoes so well with the the Sermon on the Mount passage of this week about being salt and light. Here we see that light word again. We want to be light. You know, these are the things we have to do. Right, right. I have it right here. And um, Sermon on the Mount, oh, it's so beautiful. Um, I'm actually working through the Sermon on the Mount with the teens right now, and it's just been phenomenal. And I've done it several times um, over my ministry ministerial period. Um, but uh, I'm going to read this, and then we kind of once again parlay it and, and tr- talk about it on a little bit deeper of a level. But I mean, if you have not read through the Sermon on the Mount, um, just kind of beginning to end, and then just taking it and try to dissect it. Oh, you, you've. It's, it's so good. Um, Matthew five thirteen through 20 reads like this. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and gives it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give your glory and give glory to your father in heaven. Mm. Do not think I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come to abolish, not to abolish, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless the righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Yeah. That's a wake-up call, uh, I think, on a very, very deep level. At least it should be. And there's, to me, direct correlation to the Isaiah 58 passage how are you living out your righteousness? How are you defining your righteousness? How are you defining the law and the prophets? Um, you know, I, what I love about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus takes these old thoughts. You've heard this before. Well, I'm telling you this. You've heard do not murder. I'm telling you that if you're just angry with someone in your heart, then you've already murdered that person. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is taking this, this law that was, hey, do this, don't do this. And he takes it a step further because Jesus is worried about the heart. Right. Jesus is more concerned about what's in your heart than you doing or not doing. Because, and we've talked about this a lot, like Jesus wants a relationship with us. He wants to transform our hearts. He wants to transform our minds. And so as part of that relationship, Jesus cares about our hearts. And he knows that if he has our hearts and we let him transform our hearts, mm-hmm. then righteousness will be that which is produced right. as he it changes our hearts. And so to have anger in our heart is not something that God desires for us. And so even if we're angry at somebody, since we've already murdered them in our heart. And so Jesus, he's moving away from, hey, you know, the, the laws and the commandments they're not just a rule, a set up list of this, do this, do this, do this, do mm-hmm. this, but there's an essence to the law. Right. There's an essence to the prophets, that there's the spirit, there's this mentality. 
which is so much bigger and so much broader than the, hey, do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And that's really what the Sermon on the Mount is to me is, is getting to on a very, very deep level. Right. And, and the people who heard it were amazed. Right. You know, when the Sermon on the Mount gets done. But he's talking to people who are struggling. They're, mm-hmm. They have Roman, the Roman foot on their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're struggling. Um, not only that, the, the scribes and the Pharisees are kind of on their neck and oppressing them as well. And they have nowhere to go. The Beatitudes makes perfect sense when you begin to look at the audience because they, they are struggling on a very, very deep level. And Jesus is telling them, hey, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, the people he are talking to, they're poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. They feel like they're at their wit's end. There's nowhere for them to get like the people he's talking to. Um, and they would have met every one of these categories. And he's telling them, like, hey, consider yourself blessed because the scribes and the Pharisees think they have this all figured out and they're using this over you. Jesus says, hey, my kingdom is about something totally different. Right. It's about a heart change. Right. As I change your heart, then what should begin to happen is you live out of that outflow of righteousness in your heart. And then that changes the world. And there's so much beauty in that. Going back when you were talking about the the anger, the murder in your heart, of course, it's about the other person. You don't want, you know, the other person mm-hmm. to die. But at the same time, he knows that mm-hmm. it's not good for yeah. us because when we have that anger in our hearts, we're, you know, we're miserable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's almost like he's saying, I don't want that for you. Yeah. I don't want you to be miserable. I want you to be free, mm-hmm. you know. So when we do those things, we're like shooting ourselves in the foot kind of yeah. thing, you know. There's so much there. We're serving our own interest. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Like and then at the we lose. Core, yeah, mm-hmm. we're serving our own interest of, I would rather that person feel what they did to me right. than for there to be release. You know, and, and I think forgiveness comes down to the mentality. And once again, this is a, a long conversation we can have, but forgiveness is like, God, I no longer hold mm-hmm. against them what they have done to me. But you know what, God, I don't want you to hold it against them either. Um, and to me, that's kind of where true forgiveness is, is really all about. And um, that's hard place. Like it's so, right. it's so backwards, but it's totally taking your self-interest right. and it's totally lowering yourself and having that humility that we see in the life of Jesus and lowering yourself to the place where, you know what, we're all on the same playing field. Right. Just because someone's wronged me doesn't mean that I'm better than they are. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't elevate me above other people. We're all on the same playing field. It doesn't matter how much money I make or how little somebody money somebody makes. It doesn't matter the color of my skin. It doesn't matter the language I talk. It doesn't matter about any of those things. We are all on an equal playing field. And when we serve our own interest, then we're no longer on an equal playing field. That's exactly right. And the ironic part of it is that when we do how he wants us when we live as he wants us to giving ourselves away and bringing about that equality and those kind of things he always gives it back to Mm. us i mean it's always he knows us better than we know ourselves so when we do that we're exercising faith like i have nothing to lose Mm -hmm. to to do this because he's going to take care of me you know i have nothing to lose and that's expressing faith when we do those things that in a, a sense we're expressing faith in that, and our faith pleases God, mm. you know? Yeah. Now, if, if he chose to do nothing to bless us, 
it's still worth it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because um, I think you're so right. We do see it, you know, given back to us on such a deep level, just in our mentality and our, our, like said, our feelings, our yeah. heart on such a, such a deep level. Um, but man, even if he doesn't, it's still worth right. it. Right. It's, 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 it's that clean conscience yes. he gives us. Yes. You know, that, I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's that, so that beauty of his approval. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. the gift, not yes. that he's going to make, your life better or you're he's gonna you know do something for you but it's, your bank account up or yeah <laughs> but to me his approval yes. is worth everything yes. to know the king of the universe is proud of me yep. right now 100 percent. but oh. how we go about living the kingdom matters to god and yes. it matters to jesus and that's why even in the sermon on the mount he talks about how do we give well when we give we don't let our left hand know what our right hand's doing now mm-hmm. is that possible no but there's an essence or a spirit or a mentality to that, that as we give, we don't do it and try to get rewards for ourselves and elevate ourselves and let other people see it so that they can elevate us. Because oftentimes what we don't realize what we're doing is as we are blessing other people potentially, and we are getting pats on the back and doing it for others, we are lowering someone else. Right. Like I didn't give that much. I didn't do that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it has other people are looking at that person. They're like, oh man, I can't believe that person. Like, oh, that person's a no good nobody or they don't, they need to get a job. They need to. And so it's like this mentality of how we go about living the kingdom. Um, Rob McLaren wrote a book um, called The Secret Message of Jesus. And it's a really, really great book. And I would encourage you to check it out. Um, But it's it's this mentality of oftentimes Jesus would heal someone. And it's very... It's very interesting because lots of times he would tell them, hey, don't go tell, don't anybody. tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what I did for you. <laughs> well, let's just keep this hush hush. Let's just keep it between us. And lots of times, you know, the people really struggled with that. Um, but there's this almost this mentality of the gospel that as we are living our lives, and even as you look at the Sermon on the Mount, that the kingdom of God is something that should just always be under the surface working. Mm, I love it. <laughs> it's not something that we should always... And not that we don't proclaim, you know what I'm saying? Not that we don't, you know, stand on the hilltops and proclaim the goodness of God, right. but that as we are living our lives, the kingdom of God is always at moving and working around us. And that as we are blessing others and loving others and entering into suffering with others, that there's something about the kingdom of God that it moves and that it works and that it's this just bubbling that comes that's living water that's under, just that's flowing it. from your belly. when it. I'm picturing in my mind. It's 100% right. Oh. And man, if we could just begin to grasp that, that the kingdom is about, it cares about how we live and how we go about living our lives. The kingdom of God cares about the relationships that we have and the relationships that we have with God. Like the kingdom of God cares about all of these things. And the Bible speaks so much into all these things. It's amazing. I feel like we're saying the same things every week, but it's what the Bible, this is what scripture is saying over and over and over and over. Yeah. This is what the gospel is. It's what it's all about. It's not complicated. It's not. And we, we make it so complicated on so many different levels. It's not complicated. Um, and sometimes I feel like a broken record on a very, very deep level, but it's, it's the same message over and over because yes. I think God knew how hard headed, hard headed we are, <laughs> you know, sometimes. And, um, and so it's just the same consistent message. And that's, what's beautiful about the scripture too, mm-hmm. is it's not all of this all over the place kind of, but it's the same consistent message over right. and over and over. Love me. Love others. That's it. Love, Love me. me. Love, Love others. others. Empty yourself. Put me inside of you. Love me. Love others. And um, 
it's, it's so beautiful, but it's, it we, we mess up so much time, <laughs> so many times, you know, like, it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh no, God, I'm an idiot. I, I, know uh, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. Like, um, but, th- but that's, that's life. It's part of the learning process. Um, but man, we just want to encourage you. Oh, right. just keep digging into the kingdom. Keep right. digging into this, these promises that God gives us and, um, know that he loves you right. and that he's, he's there for you. And, and if we can get a hold of this mentality of this essence of the kingdom, that it's not that we have to do and go do great things, but maybe it's in the small things. It's mm. in the interactions we have on an everyday basis. And it's, it's in the, the interactions we have in Walmart. It's in the interactions we have with other parents right. that our kids go to school with. It's in the interactions we have at work. It's in the interactions and that those are the opportunities that we maybe we'll see God Right. That was my favorite thing that you said today Mm. when you went back to that verse uh, Mm. in Isaiah. I've already turned it, but it was like, God will hear you. God is there. That's where God is. Here I am. Yeah, here I am. That's where he's at. Mm -hmm. He is in the middle of all of that. Yeah. That was my favorite. (laughs) I love the thought of him being right there, right Mm. there in the middle of it. So go find God. Yeah. Maybe that's our challenge for you today. Go find God. He's there. He's there. Maybe if you feel like God has been distant, maybe that's a challenge for you today. Man, go find him. And maybe where you will find him is where the cry for help is. Right. <laughs> you know, like where the injustices yeah. isn't happening, where the homeless are. Um, the hungry. The hungry are at. That's, maybe, that's, maybe that's where God is. And God wants to see you and, and talk to you and be real to you on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe... Maybe that's where you need to go. Wow. Again, this Mm. has been so real Mm. and so much fun. It's been really good just diving in his word. Well, thank you so much for listening to Growing Hope, Living Faith. We would love to hear from you. We do have an email. Um, You can email us at growinghopelivingfaith at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can check us out on our Facebook page, which Mm -hmm. is Growing Hope Living Faith Podcast. And uh, check us out there. We'll have a lot more information uh, on there. And you can definitely follow us there to make sure that you're staying up to date on all of our podcast episodes. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Grace and peace. Bye-bye.